Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight one. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Buddy, and welcome back to episode six of your favorite G.I. Joe show show with cartoons. We've been doing this for a number of episodes and you still haven't figured out that intro yet. Nope. How about how about you go home? How about you go home tonight? Yeah. Sit down with a pen and paper. Have a have a have a nice whiskey, just a, a light sipping whiskey, kick back, put your feet on a hassock. Talk to your wife for a little bit, and then just sort of relax into it, and and spend some time figuring out the fucking introduction, <laughs> Ray. The sexual tension between the two of you on this podcast is out of this world. It's bananas. It's it knowing is half the podcast, the GI Joe show. How's that? What's that? Mildly See, acceptable. How how hard was that? Oh, for me, excruciating. In any case, I am Ray Stacanus. Robert Chan. Gina Ippolito. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about episode six of my favorite show in the history of television. This episode is, now we're done with the Pyramid of Darkness, everybody. Yep. The Pyramid of Darkness has been foiled. Cobra Commander's on the run. But apparently it didn't take him very long to build a new Cobra Temple. Man. <laughs> Countdown for Zartan is here, everybody. Build ziggurats like fucking nobody's business. Just I mean, they that have thing right out. so many minions. Oh, apparently they only have three. Oh, they're they're auditioning new minions in this episode, actually. Mm -hmm. So the episode begins with a Cobra training day. Oh, man. By the way, my my thought on this. So so they do various uh, blowing up walls and and destroying walls. Their wall budget must be insane. Oh, yeah. And also their tank budget. I was going to say their old unused tank budget is through the roof. Yeah. I want to know what they uh, there must be. There must be a a Cobra uh, budget guy, like an accountant that's just looking through everything at the end of the year. And it's like, (laughs) oh, man, I believe this is actually a precursor. I believe that they actually got the tanks from uh, the men and women of our police departments. Extra military unused tanks. Just get given away to the oh. civilian sector. Maybe Cobra's got an in on that, and they See, get all the unused tanks. So that's what I'm saying. Is oh. like today, this would make sense because there's plenty of surplus. There, you could go to Russia and get all sorts of surplus tanks and stuff like that. But this is still like it's still pretty much in the Cold War. So there's, I mean, all that stockpiling is being done, and tanks would still be the premium. Walls, I suspect, probably are a pretty flat market. Like oh, no matter you just when, buy a lot of bricks well, and right. just have the minions. Oh, I mean, I, I imagine up. you could just get a bunch of theater techs who then just build you some flats. It was it was it was like an old west set yeah. where it was just a big <laughs> flat set. But I mean, if you've got the budget to build the ziggurats, what's it to just build an extra wall just outside for no good reason? You know what? Maybe I think 
because it was in the jungle, it's entirely possible that rather than build ziggurats themselves, they they took the time and effort uh, and money oh. to explore, find old ziggurats, and populate them. And then they just co-opt them for Cobra purposes. Right, oh. right. Well, that's a good plan. I mean, I feel like it would actually be more feasible money-wise to build them rather than you know search out ancient ruins, but... You know what? That's why I'm not dominating the you world. You know what? I'm putting that in the old uh, Cobra playbook. Just listed. I still think their annual budget meeting must be crazy. Oh, madness! <laughs> Sheer madness. Well, they're selling guns too. They're so our margins are out of control. That's true. That's true. It's like it's like uh, people who get into drug dealing just to pay for their own habit. Mm-hmm. So you buy a bunch of weapons, uh, you sell them at a, at a markup, and then you keep a few of them, you know, just for yourself or your own purposes. You thought this through? That makes Jan. sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess here's another question that I have about the training sequence now. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever let the Dreadnoughts be the ones to corporately train your, your crew? I mean, see, here's the thing is that when you have when you bring in outside people as consultants. Yes. And that you could hear the air quotes around there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I mean, well, I I've been them. I've seen consultants and I've been a consultant. And all you need is a flashy business card. People would pay you shit tons of money. And then you just wander in and be like. Hey, guys, we're going to play a level one improv game. Hey, now you know teamwork. Now you can just go out there and, and take on take on the Japanese. Go get them. Um, take on they, the Japanese? Uh, yeah, help corporate, with the Iwo Jima? Corporate-wise. I, I doubt there were improv coaches in World War II. I mean, should have uh, been. I, I don't know how that would have helped. Freeze. Okay. Come up with a new position with your gun. I would have liked it. By the way, is this our first? Is this our first ever introduction to Storm Shadow? No, because he was in the Pyramid of Darkness. Remember, he fought Quick Kick. Yeah. Oh uh, right. On the right. Antarctic mountain. Right. And now it appears he. Oh no, we can get to and, that. Later. Well, now he's also a corporate trainer. So. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of hires around here. A lot of. Uh, I guess. Uh, consultants. It's the first episode where he really shines, though. Oh, absolutely. Probably. Yeah. Probably. No, he was the superstar. If had had they had had Cobra Commander trusted Storm Shadow to do Zartan's mission in this, that whole building is exploding. Yeah. Uh, well, except guaranteed. That, no, except that instead of a bomb, he would have just like punched the building. <laughs> so, like that's a lot of punches. And, I, like, dismant- it took, and dismantled it. Yeah, it took like four punches to take out the tank. To pu- take down a building that's like six hundred at least. Well, this is one. Of, that's one of my favorite moments of uh, the GI Joe episode, which is uh, the Dreadnoughts are showing the, uh, the the recruits how to use their weapons. Here's how I use a chainsaw. Here's how I burn a tank and just melt it to the ground. Yeah, uh, what yeah. kind of flamethrower was that? Why aren't they using that shit during normal military operations? Yeah. You know, that's just the practice gear. <laughs> The real gotcha. stuff is nerf or nothing. <laughs> so, uh, before we get to Storm Shadow, yes. can we please mention Fat Cobra? Fat Cobra. That dude was awesome. Was, now, here's the question I have. Is that the same actor who played one of the henchmen from, from Venture Brothers? Right. Probably. Because they reminded me 100% of 21 and 24 I'm or whatever their numbers they, were. I'm certain the Venture Brothers got it from there. Uh, Hammer it, and Public got it from there. It wait, one be. of the recruits was fat? How He's did I miss super this? Fat. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was recruit, recruit. Fat recruit. Fat recruit. I don't know how I missed this. I was focused on the recruit with the kind eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we have you on the show, Gina. <laughs> See, Gina, we'll notice the fat guys. You notice <laughs> the kind eyes. <laughs> there was one who I literally was like, oh, why is he joining this? <laughs> He's not cut out for this. Well, he had a troubled home. His friend got him into it. You know, he didn't yeah. have anywhere to go after school. If you're in Cobra, you absolutely have come from a... a, a Bad upbringing. A broken home. Your, yeah, your parents beat you, like a lot of drugs. I don't know if that's 100% true because Cobra operates itself like a pyramid scheme. 
Uh-huh. And, oh, so and, and white collar crime is is most often a yeah, and so you, they they get people that maybe don't have a sense of family, uh, mm-hmm. just don't have a sense of purpose for their lives, and or they get them in the process. It's possible that they're like rich, a lot of ri- spoiled rich kids who just didn't know what the hell to do with their lives. Also, I feel like you wouldn't uh, sign up to be an infantryman, especially with that high a mortality That's rate. True. That's if true. If you're a rich kid, if you can help it. But that, so let's get to Storm Shadow. Because Storm Shadow says, do you have the quote queued up? It's the one about... Anyone uh, can use a weapon, I but a w- ninja is a weapon. That was very wise. I instantly liked him. He's super wise. I love Storm Shadow. With our weapons, we dreadnoughts are unbeatable. Anyone can use a weapon, but the ninja is a weapon. Behold. And then he takes a giant crap all over the tank. Behold. But this is, I mean, I don't know what kind of ninja, like, where do you learn that? Where do you learn how to just slap a tank a handful of times and then have all the rivets and bolts just shoot out of it at once ninja 10 school. seconds later? Is that just ninja school? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's ninja ninja training 101. That's American ninjutsu. But the I mean, thing, American Duke, ninjutsu warrior. Frank Dukes with the Oh, D-Mock. yeah, Frank it's Dukes. basically a yeah. tank version of Dumak. But here's well, the thing. Have you never seen Bloodsport? Why are you shrug- oh, <laughs> shrugging your what? shoulders like an asshole? Uh, I saw Bloodsport in high school. Oh, yes. That scene. And you don't remember the scene where they say, like, the bottom brick, and there's a big old stack of bricks. He's like, oh, and he punches the thing of bricks, and the bottom brick explodes. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I do remember Guys, that. Guys, yeah, I, I, it's okay. on Netflix. I literally just watched it again two months ago. <laughs> nice. Well, does it still hold up? I, I, mean, I think it does. Bolo Young I is... think his outfits don't hold up, but <laughs> everything else Granted. does. That Inc- hairstyle. Including oh. the scene where he where he fights some sexist men. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But and listen. the scene w- that uh, that's the Mentos commercial. Oh. Have you seen that? The one where he's running away from uh, from Forrest motherfucking Whitaker. Yeah, he is in that movie. White dude. Uh, he's running away from them and he like jumps onto some uh, boats and gets oh, away. Oh, and, and then stuff gives like them that. a thumbs up. Someone someone <laughs> put the uh, Mentos commercial over that. Because it's it's straight up comedy and they're like falling down on themselves and f- slipping into the river like oh gosh darn it oh man I gotta watch it's that fantastic I haven't seen it Mentos blood sport so let's put that in the show notes Chan all right <laughs> Mentos blood sport Mentos blood sport <laughs> but here's the thing this is what I'll say if you have Storm Shadow why would you ever let anyone else train the recruits right because if all you need are about ten of him. And your empire becomes unstoppable. I have a feeling Storm Shadow could train them how to use those weapons much better than the Dreadnoughts could, even if he's never seen them before. All right. I mean, obviously, there's some suspension of disbelief, but I got to feel like hitting a tank four times to make it explode is going to take you longer to train than you feasibly have time for in this scenario. I'm talking in the order of decades. And remember, all Storm Shadow asked Fat Recruit to do is stand on one leg, and he couldn't do it. Listen, yeah, it's impossible! Just, it's impossible! Slam! Listen, how long does it take to train... Uh, how long does the training take in Kill Bill? Because I feel like it would be comparable. Um, Depends if Storm Shadow was training. I'm I would saying, think not very I'm long saying, at all. I'm going to say it, it's going to take him five years to get them to a point where most other fighters won't be able to take them on. In which case, right. if he starts training, like it's it's just a constant output because you're assuming mm-hmm. he, he joined Cobra five years ago. 
instantly started training them. Mm-hmm. But and also the problem is the average Cobra recruit is completely useless in all forms of combat. It, it's like Wimp Low from Kung uh, Pao Enter the Fist. Yeah, a child could beat them. So you're saying just give them basic ninja training two weeks. Yeah, just no, give them you, anything. Like any pedestrian on the street with a stick can probably take out half of these Cobra recruits. Look at how easily they get pushed over at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Jumping ahead a little bit, but they actually yeah. try to like use the training and each one of them just gets their asses handed to them handily with no effort whatsoever. But then the Dreadnoughts turn around, they try to fight, they get their asses handed to them. So maybe they're trained as well as the Dreadnoughts are. For a moment, I thought that they had actually explained the whole laser thing because they're like, use tracer rounds. I was like, oh, that makes sense that they would all have tracer rounds. But like, no, that's a special kind of round that looks exactly like the normal rounds. And oh, it, it makes still a different sound. Nothing. Oh, does it? It goes as opposed to pew, pew, pew. Gotcha. So um, it all makes sense now, Chan. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Criminy. So we have the big plan of the episode. Zartan is going to infiltrate the, the Worldwide, Worldwide Defense Center. That is correct. And Wait, once- you just skipped over the fact that... Yes. Uh, that, uh, Zartan and the commander totally mean girls. Oh, yes, they do. Excuse me. You are correct. They totally mean girls Destro. <laughs> they do the phone the phone call game that they do in Mean Girls and make make him think he's talking to the commander and he starts trash talking Zartan. <laughs> Zartan says no, to Destro, he no. says, uh, I, you know what? I'd value the Dreadnoughts loyalty a lot more than I value yours. Destro is the most loyal man in this entire organization. And Zartan, you're right, just straight out, just like to his face, craps all over him. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Destro's out for number one, just like everybody else in sure. Cobra. Except possibly Storm Shadow, because he's an honorable dude. He's got um, honor. We he, learned that later. Yeah. Right. But, but also, that's not setting up a good work environment, because now he's just going to be uncomfortable. Anytime he thinks he's talking to the commander, he could be like, I don't know who this really is under here. Are you saying that they need to report Zartan to Cobra HR? <laughs> yeah. Is there They're a Cobra going. HR? Is there a Cobra there HR Twitter? Uh, I'm sure there is. If there's not, I'm going to do uh, it. We need to make that immediately. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Okay, now you can move on to the plan. Now no, we so discuss <laughs> Mean Girls. The Worldwide Defense Center's whole plan is to end terrorism. So, of course, this is not good for Cobra. Hey, guys, remember when terrorism was kind of a little bit of a joke? And every once in a while, someone would steal a plane and fly it to Cuba, and that was pretty much the extent of it. Boy, that was those were the days, huh? Oh, the good old days. So, the, the, what is the Worldwide Defense Center's entire plan, though, is apparently just to create a database of information right. about terrorism, which, yep. you know, God willing, the internet happened. <laughs> I mean, it seems, honestly, I, like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that actually seems like a smart plan, because then they can, they can look for patterns mm-hmm. and, and figure out that Cobra is a thing. Mm-hmm. Too bad yep. we still haven't figured that out, how to bring together <laughs> all of the databases from the various from countries. all of the countries. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess this is the other thing is uh, the only thing stopping them from this huge plan which would wreck Cobra is the fact that one French dude hasn't showed up yet. How much information does France have that everything else is stopped in their tracks until we get Dr. Metier on board? Apparently, France has faced a lot of terrorism. Yeah. But side note, why, like this is a newbie question, but why does Zartan's chest glow? Okay, it because. happens when he gets angry. He gets, is he part robot? He's because part lizard? Because they made toys and somebody figured out, oh shit, we can make this toy blue. Uh, justify that, please, in the cartoons. I don't, ex- I don't accept that answer. I want to know <laughs> specifically why and how he is able to do that. Well, the breastplate is an ancient Sumerian artifact. You're just making that up. Too. It is. Uh, no, does it have something to do with his his 
camouflage capabilities like is he wearing a camouflage suit that can well his skin is kind of like camouflage ready material when as long as he's not in the sunlight and it's every single time he has an anger like an emotional angry like moment his chest just sort of glows for a sec to represent it's sort of like um when the fish like the puffer fish get all puffed up when they're all like aggressive so this is like a straight up mutant thing like are we are, are we because i was under the impression that with the exception of the normal cartoon embellishments like animals that can walk on their hind legs and dance and, and tell jokes that there wasn't really any supernatural stuff you know in this what we show. need to do we need uh for uh, this know your joe to pull up zartan sounds good so we'll figure it out uh listen to the uh, know your joe episode and we'll explain We're all have of the this. answers to because i don't know <laughs> i honestly don't know i want to figure it out I'm, i feel like i knew at one point and i've got no idea now i think oh, he yeah. is some sort of a mutant it's a mutant thing because he's not a normal human being Right. They probably didn't call it mutants back then. It was probably, but I don't recall them saying anything about genetic experimentation. I think it just grew up in the bayou, and that's how things happen there. But, I mean, this is the. can we agree that this is the first character that has any sort of supernatural powers? I believe, it's I believe every one. character has supernatural powers. <laughs> no, not yeah, in we, your yeah, own Yeah, we're doing the superhero explicitly. thing. We have that entire segment, again, on the Know Your Joe uh, minisodes. Probably want to listen to those. About the super superpowers, so... Uh, but he's the one that straight out does stuff that is not human. I don't believe he's going to be the last one, though. For the record. Fair enough. Um, so they kidnap Dr. Metier, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently is just like he gets his car pulled around and then he blames the doorman for himself running late. Like, what's up with that guy? Yeah. Kind of a D, up. that Dr. Metier. But you know what? He drives himself, which is not something you see a lot with uh, foreign, you know, international foreign dignitaries diplomats, dignitaries yeah, and ambassadors. Good for him. Good mm-hmm. for him. But then, you know, of course, he's a terrible driver. He's a terrible driver <laughs> who drives straight into a dead end, yeah. into a brick wall. He sees a wall, and rather than hit the brakes, it's, ah, throw my <laughs> arms up and hope something good happens. <laughs> he's used to exclusively riding on funhouse cars. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they end up kidnapping him, and Zartan takes his place. He's the original uh-huh. identity thief. That's <laughs> correct. Back before that was even Not a Not Melissa McCarthy. No, I was thinking of identity theft like uh, online. Oh. Yeah. Did we skip over the fact that there's an eagle in this episode? Uh, we're about there. We're <laughs> almost there. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, so bi- the, the biggest question I have is uh, Zartan shows up. He's this master of disguise, right? Mm-hmm. And then he shows up as Dr. Metier. And then the second anyone talks to him at all, he just starts flipping oh, the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, he's the worst. He's, such, he's so bad at uh, spying. He is the worst. All he has to do is yes and. Instead, he just starts sweating profusely and running out of the room. <laughs> I also wanted to know how did, how did, this is another logistical question. How does he pass that hand scan? I mean, yeah, he's he. We we assume physically he is one hundred percent the dude. Yeah, he's able to take on everything. Uh, that's part of his skin and why it. Glows but he has and to whatnot. wear a mask, so wouldn't he have to wear a glove? Guys, can we write the writers and ask them these things? <laughs> you know what? Somehow, just makes sense. <laughs> he's just decided he's Doctor Metier and now has Doctor Metier's hands. I feel I don't know like why that's such so hard to understand, Gina. If we got a hold of any of these writers, <laughs> their answer to any of these questions would be, we were high on cocaine and gave zero shits. I'm telling you, they're c- constantly stoned and late for the buffet. Yep. We were told the eagle attacks somebody, Zartan goes blue, whatever else the fuck you do, yeah. I do not care. Somebody said, justify this dumbass toy idea, and we did. And you know what? No kid gave a crap. Nope. No kid ever questioned it but, but this is now we're up to my favorite part which is the eagle because my favorite parts are always the animals <laughs> freedom freedom the uh the bald eagle how on the nose is that yeah is it possible they to didn't get even worse? try they didn't even, even try no or did they try and they just came up with the perfect one on the first attempt <laughs> i like that you can always tell the good guys because they always have animals that can communicate and fight mm-hmm 
You don't want bad guy animals. They're too cute. I know. Uh, I feel like there's a cobra eventually that gets pe- a pet. No. Probably. I feel like. I don't like this at all. I feel like because I've, because yeah, any, all kids love pets. So obviously yeah. G.I. Joe is rife with them and they communicate with, with them like familiars, which yeah. I used to have to go to Dungeons and Dragons to get. Yep. And now <laughs> here it is, you know, with, with guns and lasers and of course a uh, little nine-year-old me's on board. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, eventually I think there was a cobra and that was, and I'm surprised I don't remember him because we'll get there, I was sure. a cobra dude and yet to have a, a, have a dog over there or an animal, I was like, fuck yeah. That's all about it. This just leads me back to my initial point in the entire episode is Zartan like flees the room as soon as somebody's just like, hey man, I thought you'd never wear a digital watch. Oh, uh, well, I'm wearing one now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. How fucking difficult is that to cover up? It's been a year. It's like, yeah, you were right. Digital uh, fucking watches are awesome. I was wrong. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he ends up running out of the room, hits a drinking fountain, doesn't drink anything, <laughs> runs off of that to the end of the corridor where there are, in theory, people, and then just meets up with Storm Shadow immediately. He can still fix this by saying he has diarrhea. <laughs> I ate too many baguettes. He could definitely just be like, oh, I gotta go, stomach stuff. <laughs> stomach stuff. Stomach stuff. Bio <laughs> break. Too many escargots, right? Gotta go. Whoosh. So my, my question is, why didn't they just have Storm Shadow plant the goddamn bomb? Like, he infiltrated the entire building sight unseen. Oh, that is a good question. He had the bomb the whole time. What, Zartan's the only one that knows how to flip the dial to turn it on? It is Zartan's bomb, because he said specifically, my bombs never fail near the end. So that's like his deal. And he's not wrong. No. His bombs never fail. But that's a good point. Why is Storm Shadow even there? So To get to, to fight with <laughs> to honor. To fight spirit, of course. So spirit and freedom now... Uh, go out for the big attack and Spirit and Storm Shadow fighting down. Storm Shadow's kind of owning him a little bit and then Freedom goes off to like find the Joes and it's just a bizarre thing happens there in the main room of the Worldwide Defense Center is the bird starts flying around the top of the dome Uh and then the woman who is totally not Lady J doing a different character. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I better let him out. I better let him out, this little birdie. What, this fucking Worldwide Defense Center doesn't have a door? It's but like, also, here, use the dome. It has a, an opening dome. But also, she's not concerned that this bird is going to then fly away forever. Like, if it was my pet, like, if my cat's walking around and the cat's yeah. by the front door, I don't need somebody over at my house being like, oh, this cat, I better let him out. <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? Back in the 80s, things it was, were much it more was, It was her one main line, though, in the episode, so <laughs> they really needed to give her something. And they gave her the incompetent role of, oh, this animal wants to go outside, so I guess I, be- guess I better give it what it wants. Now, if... In- if if we find out that uh, freedom is in egress, then mm-hmm. will th- will this episode have passed the Bechdel test? No, because that eagle still does not directly interact with that woman. <sighs> I mean, it can't be a one way conversation, right? I mean, uh. the 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 bird is communicating. Obviously, the bird communicates because she communicates with spirit. Uh, it, could she be communicating with? The uh, at the some diplomat? point, the bird does. Uh, Lady J does figure out. Well, well yeah, it's real like, lassie no. Timmy fell down the well yeah, situation. It was like the bird is here. That means something is wrong. Yeah. So I don't know that counts as communication so much. So I'm going to give it a no. I'm going to give it a no. <laughs> right. Also, uh, also I'm, you know that the G.I. Joe writers make all these animals male. Because no little boy wants a, a girl animal. Right. <laughs> That'd be gross. Oh, Ew. Be weird. The girl eagles on my, on my <laughs> forearm. Can I just another side note about poop? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. 
it's Storm Shadow better hope that he never has tummy troubles because that all white outfit is just waiting for some skid marks. <laughs> what if he gets like punched in like the gut the wrong way on the wrong day? He had some bad ramen or something. I'm just saying like he first of all, he's got to wash that really carefully. I hope he has a lot of those all white suits. Of uh, course he does. I can okay. say for the record, my 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 Storm Shadow action figure did turn uh, eggshell off white yeah. after a period of time. Which so. like not to get gross here, but if you own anything white for any period of time, there are parts of that that will start to turn colors. Yes. Not good colors. <laughs> but he's a ninja, so we assume that he has like that perfect embodiment of spirit and patience. So he can he control can, his sweat glands and he, his poop butt? Yes. But also he's probably butt? puts the extra time in washing it. I don't think ninjas have poop butts, Gina. Ninjas can have poop butts too, Chan. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't. That's part of the trait. He can dismantle a tank with four punches. You think he can't hold in his asshole? Crime he, he spends too much time learning to fight to worry about what he's putting in his system and keeping his sphincter tight. Girl, if you saw how many core exercises he did on a daily basis, your head would explode. Let me just say right now, though, if I did as much shouting like uh, from the gut as he does, there would be one that went wrong. Say what? <laughs> oh, yeah. But the rest of the time, it's just all like, you have to be very good. That's how you know he's wise. Yeah. Also, fun. speaking of another strange outfit, why does Zartan wear a midriff shirt? Because uh, it was I, the 80s and Top I, Gun was a thing. 100%, I will tell you, uh, as a child, I used to wear a half shirt. <laughs> and it please, was pretty please awesome. Please post a picture on the website. Also, put that in the show no notes, Chan. In existence. <laughs> but I you do, put one on today? I remember the day when I was like, man, I'm a little chubby. I don't think I can wear this anymore. It was a black half shirt, and like the sleeves are like really high, cut off, like not completely cut off, but like you know just barely cover the shoulder. And I would wear it to school. That is a thing I would wear to school. So okay, uh, Photoshop and or drawing challenge for our listeners. <laughs> First person to Photoshop or draw Chan in a midriff shirt will get a shout out. You, you you will win something of you'll value. Win, you'll win something. Something. I don't know what. Something. Chan will come to your house in a midriff and dance. <laughs> and That's I will, re what you'll I will win. return your dignity to you for <laughs> even attempting such a thing. So this, so freedom escapes. That takes us back to the Joe base. That motherfucker flew all the way back to the base. Didn't just do it. Did it in less than five minutes. Yeah. Because it takes GI Joe five minutes to not just see freedom, get there. Mm. At which point, yeah, we've gone from like. 33 minutes elapsed to 28 minutes elapsed. Okay, so it is like the Joe headquarters is it right next to... It must be right next door. Right, right. Um, which, so, which is also all probably right next to Enterprise City. Right. Uh, everything in the show it's is like in one area. within like a six-mile radius. It's like on a Phineas and Ferb. It's just the, the tri-state area. Right, right, right. So we get to we get to look at a little bit like behind the curtain. We get to see GI Joe doing some R and R, some rest and relaxation. What do GI Joes do in their spare time? Drain. Throw harpoons. They also, this is the first this is the first episode where I was really like Lady J is always awesome, but she kicked ass. Yeah, in she this took. Episode. She was a commander, hundred yeah. percent. Like she she went to gung ho and you know loser makes dinner. Yeah. And it splits the javelin in half and hits two bullseyes. Splits the <laughs> javelin in half. You think he would have figured out at the beginning like. Why are there three here? I feel like I'm going to get rooked on this deal. <laughs> it's like she says that she's not that great at the harpoon. I'm guessing she's probably super good at it. She's totally getting yeah pool sharked out. We there. we realize in this episode that her stick work is excellent. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because she can throw it. 
straight ahead like a uh-huh. like a spiral uh, football, and then suddenly next frame it's spinning like sideways perfectly and it takes someone down like a bolo. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say at this point though, because of this episode, Lady J is. Uh, super badass, and she is the commander of the operation. Uh, this Absolutely. was actually a super progressive cartoon, not only because yeah. of that, but I just realized in the original, in the opening title sequence, they they're actually there to defend human freedom, not mankind's freedom or uh, you know um, freedom for uh, whatever, but for Whitey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they said human freedom <laughs> is is kind of PC. Like before, that was a thing at all. Yeah, I mean, she's she was she was rocking at this whole. She's the only one that carries flares with her. Yep. She she barks some orders. She takes down. Uh, who does she take down? Zartan. She takes Zartan. down Zartan with that stick. My note for her was uh, Lady J got her shit together. That's what I wrote <laughs> down here on this. Piece I of wonder paper. if it was because like they the first after the first six episodes they're like oh little girls are watching this show too maybe we should beef up this character. I doubt that no, I, I think, think it was it, always there from day one like they always said there have to be strong female characters in this show i think but it much most, mo- go on i'm <laughs> going to say that it's the xena factor it's not necessarily that uh women are looking they're, they're looking for uh role models for women they're trying to get the um the boys who uh, like tom girls mm. like the, the the only way okay. that they can uh, interact with females on any sort of uh, relationship levels like oh yeah a tom girl that's like someone that we can like be bro- we can bro out with i will say this is the first episode though that her her role has nothing to do because in the previous episodes it's a lot of like flirting back and forth and right. this and that and this to episode fair, she was just straight out soldier yeah yeah like that last episode also on the other side of it most of what flint was doing was uh, uh flirting and not doing a whole lot of military work either <laughs> That's true, but considering that like there are so many dudes, that could right. be like his thing. Whereas right. the, she's the only female Joe that we've really seen. Right. So to make that be her thing is 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 pretty sexist. So I feel like this was the first episode where they were like, "Oh, she's only been doing ladyish stuff, like flirting with dudes and double entendreing." <laughs> Now so let's like, make her kick ass. So let's ass. make her kick ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just have one question about the R&R scene, though, before we go on. is Okay, Stalker's doing the parallel bars. That's what he does in his time off. Mm-hmm. Yep, like you do. Uh, Gung-Ho and Lady J are doing javelin tosses for bets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doc is reading comic books. Just said comic book on it. So <laughs> I established that. But what comic the books. F was Rakondo doing? He has a screwdriver and some piece of something, and he's just tapping it with... Is that supposed to be Listen, whittling? Like, what is he doing? In any movie or TV show, there always has to be one guy working on something <laughs> with his hands. Well, he could have had like a car there or something and been underneath it. He's just standing there. With, I couldn't even tell what it was. I had to keep freeze framing it. And it's just something. It maybe is the barrel of a gun, I, but he's just got a screwdriver and he's just tapping into it. I just, I'm, I'm thinking you're just a, not a guy that works with his hands. I'm not. Man. I'm not a man's man. You don't know I don't know how what it to say. Works. You just pull a chunk out of a helicopter and just start fiddling with it. Uh-huh. Just start turning screws. Maybe he was like carving his name into it so he could put it back as like an elaborate troll. Oh, maybe, maybe. So anyway, the team gets uh, here some freedom, and then they travel back to the uh, worldwide defense center. Where they 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 basically are like we got to figure out which person in this room might be the traitor. Right. At which point Zartan once again not even trying to blend in, right? Nope. Hiding he, in the corner. He could have been like, oh my god, a traitor. Who could it be? <laughs> Who could it be? But instead, he he takes the most conspicuous <laughs> he, way. He puts his back to them, tries to hide behind a panel, sweats profusely, sweats profusely. Mm. Lady Jane's just like, uh, I think it's that guy. <laughs> 
Also, doesn't the eagle fly above his head in yes. circles yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Zartan immediately gives up the pooch and mm-hmm. tears his entire suit away, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. One piece. <laughs> and he's wearing his normal clothes underneath it. Right. Do. He must be very hot all mm-hmm. the time. I just thought to myself, maybe like, that's why he was sweating. He could just oh, like, look, yeah. I've got two uh, layers of clothing on. <laughs> I apologize. That's why I'm stuttering and and just hiding in a corner. I'm just trying to find the AC, you know, where the th- the air comes out, so it's cool. But then, then the follow up question would naturally be, why are you wearing two layers of clothing? Oh, I'm sorry. Rip, gotta go. Also, you'd be like, this this rubber face mask I'm wearing is very hot. Wait, come again. <laughs> I just think like if, if the terrorism thing doesn't work out, Zartan has a place at Thunder from Down Under, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just walks out on stage. Look at me. I'm a Frenchman. <laughs> I'm a Zartan. Unfortunately, that uh, glowing breastplate is not doing him any favors. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, but yeah. theoretically, if he can change his appearance, he could give himself six pack abs. Sure. <laughs> I think I think we can safely say that all the dudes on the show have six pack abs if their uh, shirts were to be revealed. Except the one fat uh, trainee. The fat cobra guy, Except definitely. Except fat cobra. At all. <laughs> Poor fat cobra. <laughs> so Zartan immediately uh, gives out the entire plan. I have a bomb. This is a watch with a countdown on it. Mm-hmm. Just any, it's like the stiff breeze just like blows him over. It's all they have to do is kind of be like, hey, he's like, okay. <laughs> I know I'm a j- brilliant terrorist, master of disguise. Here's everything immediately. I mean, I get that you have to explain things to kids, but they, man, they just really dug that one in deep. Also, there's still a lot of confusing things in here for kids. If, if like, the, the excuse is, oh, we need to really spell it out. There are so many twists and turns in these episodes and things that don't make sense that they're Gina, not doing a great all job. all of it makes sense. How dare you? <laughs> what, what don't you understand, Gina? What do we need to explain for Listen, you? can I tell you my number one question that I wrote <laughs> about this episode? Please do. Why is a ninja with honor working with Cobra? Oh. Number one question never answered. Lawful evil. Well, he is lawful evil or uh, um, aberrant in the palladium system. Ah, yeah. I mean, it just, to me, he, a guy that has enough honor to not let someone be laughing gassed to death would also have a problem with what Cobra is doing in general. But he will steal. Storm Shadow steals. He will fight. He will like yeah. harass people he's and whatnot. Got a, he's got a lot of anger. But he's got a code of honor about it. I mean, uh, he is part of the Arashikagi clan. If I, can, if I can get a little deeper down the rabbit hole. But I feel like he should be his own entity then. He should be like, he, he should be sort of like the devil's advocate of the cobra versus gi joe feud well i also think he sees himself as sort of like the spiritual leader of cobra and maybe it's his job to stop them from like going too far mm-hmm. at some point because i mean well, here's the deal the uh, spirit gets captured and he's in a cell with dr metier and once again inexplicably same thing happened in the pyramid of darkness they put the dreadnoughts in charge of people and yep. it never goes well yep. never ever goes yep. well so they're like Hmm, we have to just watch these prisoners and make sure they don't escape. You know what we should do? Make their cell airtight and blow laughing gas at them. I feel like, is that messing up? Is that messing up or is that really doing what a normal Cobra would do? I mean, it's definitely doing what a normal Cobra would do. It's just, you have three recruits right there who I guarantee would do a better job of not messing it up than the Dreadnoughts. Uh, to be fair, the design is uh, of the prison is completely flawed. You don't have the off switch like directly across from the door, no matter how well you think you've searched them. Also, you could just take the headband. Also, There's why no does reason this... to leave him with his headband. 
government why does this government building have an airtight cell with laughing gas oh no no that's this is that's a cobra, cobra base oh right so right. the ziggurat yeah right. oh right what right, is the right, practical right. use of an airtight cell that gives that's what i wrote right here what would be the practical the, there was thought there was science that went into design for this cell at what yes. point are you yes. going to sit back and say Gosh, if only we had a situation where we had laughing gas on these prisoners. I think it's, it's for torture purposes. No, 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 no. The brig doubles as the rec room. Oh! <laughs> there's a comedy club in there. Uh, do you know what laughing... Like, to a child... This, I mean, this is a child's vision of reality is like, uh-huh. is that uh, if you give someone laughing gas because it's called laughing gas, right. they, they could eventually laugh themselves to death. And that is not how laughing gas functions, actually, biologically. Uh, I didn't know that. So, well, now you I know. I did know that. But I was thinking that maybe it was a special, a special cobra blend of gas but it's I mean, that they just refer to as laughing gas. The, the, they stole from the Joker, probably. Straight up 1989's yeah. Batman yeah. has nothing on this episode of G.I. Joe. So Storm Shadow comes in and he knocks down the dreadnoughts in like one little like wave of his hand. I think he barely touches them and they all just fold over. Mm-hmm. He reopens the cage, turns off the laughing gas, saves the day, and just says something to the effect of, "An honorable opponent shall not be treated in such a fashion." This is what I'm saying. He is he is not cut out for Cobra. He well, needs no, to go rogue. Like he. Well, the thing is that he'll murder a fool in a hot second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but also. Everybody at Cobra is out for number one. Right. Uh, once you once you become like some, once you get a name and a uh, um, a thing, then it's all. Uh, eventually, all you want to do is run the world, and you're gonna hang along with Cro- uh, with Cobra until you can murder everybody else above you, and then eventually become the ruler. So like everybody has that plan. It is. It's Sith rules. It's, yes. It's Sith rules. Well, also, yes. if you're a badass ninja with questionable ethics in the first place, where else are you going to go work? What Fortune 500 company is appropriate for you? No, I'm t- I'm saying he should he should like rent out his skills to the highest bidder and not align himself with Yeah, I was going to say Cobra was the highest bidder. I think I think if the G- if the Joes knew that he could be bought, they would be like, "Hey, let's like pay this ninja." No, because he has a history with fucking everybody in the Joes. He has a history with spirit. We don't know what it is, but uh, you know, he's oh, like yeah. sees him like yeah, we we've got some shit to sell. Snake Eyes, him obviously. Him and has Snake Eyes are from the same uh, clan. I, I remember that from the movie. The one thing yeah. that I didn't expunge from my memory <laughs> that they had the same like nin- ninja dad that trained them or something. Yep. And one's We're, an orphan. That's what they're called, not Sensei's ninja dads. Oh, I called them uh, Riza. <laughs> no, I meant oh, actual man. biological dad. Wasn't that? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't remember. I have expunged that. I thought it was. I thought it, like um, Snake Eyes is or no. Storm Shadow's biological dad takes oh, in Snake Eyes as right. an orphan. Don't right, right, worry right. so much about the movies as far as telling the I'm story. A, I'm goes. assuming I'm assuming the movie t- is canon. <laughs> um, uh, not for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> I've never been more angry at you than this moment right here. I mean, they had to take that info from somewhere. It, also, that somewhere could be their asshole. <laughs> That's where they could have gotten mm-hmm. it from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let us let us recall where the writers of this show got their stuff from. <laughs> So, so we're at the moment right here where uh, Gung Ho has the genius move of the entire episode. He knows Zartan's yeah. going to fold over like a tent. Yeah. So all he has to do is set his watch two minutes, two flipping minutes mm-hmm. 
out after they, they get everybody out of the building. And but, he knows Zartan's going to fold. Just give me a sec. That was a legit slick move, and I really yeah, appreciated I, that. I, I did think it was good. I think the whole hanging of the watch so he could watch it yeah. was mm-hmm. badass. Because, yeah, that's the thing. Again, like every all the Cobras are out for number one, so they're not going to let themselves die for the betterment of Cobra. Yeah, even then Destro is just like, Zartan's so smart. Let him escape himself. Yeah. Why do we got to help him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> legit. <laughs> That all that all plays. That's all. Uh, Maybe Zartan shouldn't have uh, messed with Destro earlier in the episode. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Was, wasn't acting like such a D. Destro's like, we got to go help him. He's our friend. Lesson learned. Don't f with Destro. Although <laughs> to be fair, I mean Destro is he kind of deserved it. He was he's kind of a, a stuck up prick. Oh, because he was trash talking behind. He's he was mm-hmm. gossiping behind mm-hmm. his back. Absolutely, he was. Mm-hmm. He was also a mean girl in his own I way. I guess that's true. Everyone gets mean girls in this episode. <laughs> so they end up finding the bomb, and the bomb doesn't go off. And so Cobra goes with plan B. Hold on. Can we just re- oh, yes. I mean, we realize that uh, this show came long before Mean Girls. Can we say that uh, the Mean Girls cobra each other? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what? Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> so as usual with Cobra, the first plan doesn't work. The bomb does not go off. So they go with plan B. What's Cobra's plan B every time? Uh, Cobra Commander gets in the pl- the fucking weak-ass chopper and goes flying out to Just save frontal the day. attack mm-hmm. with Cobra Commander leading the way while screaming inanities. Uh, Which, by the way, let's remember that this whole plan was to protect the identity of Cobra. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. So that the world wouldn't find out that they were a terrorist organization. Yep. So the second things go wrong with this plan to not reveal themselves, <laughs> they reveal themselves in force. Yep. They Washington pull everyone DC. out of the woodwork and attack <laughs> the center of town. <laughs> they attack literally the one building where we would expect them the most. I mean, the smart thing to do would have been disavowed any knowledge of Zartan in this plan. Sure, he's a mercenary. And then said he's one crackpot. We don't know him. Mm -hmm. Oh, you said you saw Storm Shadow there? I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Prove that Pixar get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Zartan ends up escaping um, because he just hides in his. He turns. He turns like invisible. Yeah, because Zartan can do that. By the way, and Vulcan nerve pinch. Hello. Yeah, he straight up Vulcan nerve pinches poor Doc. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it happened so fast. He literally just like went up behind him, and the guy just collapsed. Yeah, he just gives gently grazes his shoulder. Yeah, a brief massage. The guy falls over. He's like those cats that when they get really scared, they just fall over. Or like the goats. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, those poor those poor animals. I know. Just run behind him and scream and just watch them fall <laughs> over. Yeah. That's basically Doc. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, he loud might, noise. He's not the best soldier in that Doc case. Doc has fainting goat disease. <laughs> well, his job is to heal people. He's not, not normally expected to be on the front lines attacking. I mean, he shouldn't be in battle then. Well, to be fair, this was a recon mission of all things, <laughs> in theory. So he gets his butt kicked. And then uh, uh, Zartan like, lures in Lady J and uh, I believe Stalker. And Lady J has a different javelin this time. This one has a flare on it. Yeah. She always has a javelin where, for every occasion. Where is she keeping these? You don't uh, want to know, Jay. <laughs> well, A, a it, it's a quiver, but uh, I, I also feel like she busted out a javelin that created an air bubble for them yes. underneath clear lava. So I feel like... <laughs> 
at this point, whatever comes out of that goddamn thing is going to be perfect, and that's fine. Well, I'm wondering We've if it's if that. it's the same one, and she's like Hawkeye, where she can sort of program it to do different things. I believe that she's basically the greatest American hero <laughs> who just develops a javelin for whatever situation is necessary in the moment. <laughs> Guys, have we considered the possibility that this is all, all the GI Joe universe is one character's fever dream? <laughs> And that character yeah. <laughs> is Cobra Commander. <laughs> Assuredly. I was going to say a, a young autistic boy looking into a snow <laughs> globe. A snow globe. There's a St. Elsewhere and then Cobra Temple right next to it. <laughs> yep. So they, the Cobra does an all-out attack on the base. Destro mm-hmm. ends up getting himself out. The, the attack goes horribly wrong. As usual. Who knew a frontal attack at the, on the Worldwide <laughs> Defense Center with a handful of troops <laughs> wouldn't be effective? <laughs> Did we pass over the part where uh, Spirit escapes from the Cobra Ziggurat? Uh, this is right around that same point in the episode, but if you would like to expound on that, Mr. Yeah. Chan. I mean, why would you put an eagle in a goddamn cockpit? <laughs> he's the, uh, Clearly, he's already proven his, his flying worth, and they're, eagles are very large animals. Fitting in the cockpit, anyway, is, is a weird thing. Uh, also... The ziggurat exploded when the camouflage net fell on it. That is correct. This camouflage net, which is basically <laughs> some ropes and some leaves, and blows up a stone fucking temple and 200 sticks of dynamite. First of all, oh, that I, eagle mm. was probably tired. Uh-huh. And he needed to rest his giant uh-huh. wings. How are you going to fly a goddamn jet with an enormous bald eagle in your lap. I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of back and forth. Like, I'm sure that when he went up there, they were like, hey, listen, can you just, no, can you, can you, and he's like, I'm tired. And they're like, you know, you, you can you can ride in back or can you ride on top? Oh, I see how it is. I see how it is now. I'm an eagle and I'm supposed to ride in the coach section. I get it. I get it, guys. And they're like, no, that's not what we meant. You know what? Okay, uh, we're so sorry. We don't want to be racially insensitive here. You can ride up front with us. Freedom does not give up his seat on the bus. I feel like if we're like being uh, racial about this, that uh, bald eagles come before everybody. Like uh, blacks, Asians, Hispanics, white people. Like <laughs> the eagle is the symbol of our country. So if anybody's going to sit in the back, it's going to be the um, it's going to be the Native American dude. I don't think there's a question. I actually mm-hmm. I want that awkward moment when Doctor Metier, who's also there, like also tries to get in the cockpit with Spirit. <laughs> oh, the bird's in here. I should be. Oh, I'm in the back seat. Okay, <laughs> I'll 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 ride, bitch. This was back when everyone still hated France. So. But no, this is long before that happened. No, people hated France a long time ago. I feel like people still liked him at that I point. Think, I think in the mid-80s, French were considered kind of just like there, but kind of no real up. strong opinion. Listen, it wasn't until uh, the first Gulf War happened that ever, that's when the Freedom Fries and all that other bullshit No, they down. got a lot of crap during World War II. Okay, that's fair. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like it... By the mid-80s, it was mostly just crepes and mimes and no one really gave a crepes shit. Crepes and mimes and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> That should be the name of our next podcast. <laughs> Crepes, mimes, and not giving a shit. <laughs> With Gina Chan and Ray. French movies. and <laughs> So going back to Gina's original point, though, the whole idea of blowing up the Worldwide Defense Center is to protect Cobra's identity. So once the attack fails, they go right back to their base and lead the Joes right back to the Cobra base. Right, right. Which the Joes proceed to completely explode. And I just wrote down here, mm, there it is, another Cobra temple destroyed. I'm telling you, I picture their accountant like that guy from the Sealy Posturepedic commercial. <laughs> You're killing me, Cobra! <laughs> Although I, I get back to, uh, we see our trainees trying to use the training that they got. 
So we have the one guy, he says, uh, okay, I'm going to use my tracer ammunition. And then Gung Ho just walks up and just punches him in the face. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, okay, remember your training. Burn the foundation. And then Stalker just like leaps over the flame and kicks him <laughs> right in the nose. And he folds immediately. And then the fat guy, the poor stupid fat guy, puts in the thing, sets the timer, throws oh. the plastic explosive at Doc, oh, yeah. who throws it back to him, and he just passes out. He just faints. He just faints like a bitch. Oh, fat cobra. I mean, they were not combat ready, I think is what we learned here. <laughs> then why were they there? I've seen restaurants with better training to put you in a two-table section. This is why I feel like Storm Shadow's training isn't really helpful, <laughs> because they just throw them out there. That was that was not no, no. Storm Shadow's fault. No. They were using the Treadnoughts training. They were using the no, no, Treadnoughts What I'm training. saying is there is not enough time for him to train them for anything. Basically, he gets to show them, look, you can do this if you spend five years. And they're like, okay, we're moving out in 30 <laughs> minutes. So uh, That's, a, that's a command out. problem. That is a command problem. Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. put those soldiers in the field before they're ready. Yes, you do, because you're <laughs> Cobra, and that's what you do. I feel like they, they are going to get a really bad Yelp review for this, uh, for, for, for the training school. Although for all of that, I will say that uh, it's not just Cobra's training that's terrible. G.I. Joe's training, their strategy. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, we're outnumbered. What are we going to do? Give it your best shot. Give it your best <laughs> shot. That's their strategy when they're faced with overwhelming numbers. Not let's, let's divide and conquer. Okay, you take the flank over here. We're going to hide <laughs> behind this thing here, and we're going to exact... Give it your best Listen, shot. They are clearly Scientologists who think that if you think hard enough, you can overcome anything. Uh, I thought those were called Oprahologists, <laughs> like with the secret. Oh, the secret. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. at least. It's I, one of those. They read. They read a lot of self-help books at the GI Joe camp. Uh, I'd like to go back to say that plan was the rough equivalent of when you're playing like a parking lot football in like high school, and then you just mm -hmm. go back to your huddle, and your quarterback just goes, "Go out there and do shit." Yep. Like, and I'll just throw somebody the ball if they're open. <laughs> hey, that has worked in countless movies. When people are outnumbered, a rousing speech often <laughs> mm -hmm. gives them the edge. Did that speech rouse anything from you? No, but maybe. <laughs> but I feel like they, they could have just been like, hey, we've given a lot of rousing speeches. Just pull one of those up in your memory banks and go out there and do it. And give it your best shot. Look, all of you guys are Rudy, so we're going to win <laughs> this. Don't sweat it. Just go. And for the record, the plan worked. No casualties. Yeah, then uh, Han saying. Solo came in on the Millennium Falcon and shot Darth Vader. <laughs> and, oh, I'm sorry, was this not the end of Star Wars? It sort of was the end of Kinda Star Wars. Kind of was exactly the end. Especially that part where the uh, helicopter plane goes into the Cobra base and explodes it through the net. Yep. <laughs> Happens from time to time. So then we get to the final uh, end of the episode right there. Cajun where Gumbo. Cajun Gumbo. We find out that... Um, Is it weird that like half of Cobra are hanging off of helicopters as they <laughs> exit? I mean, like, it depends on what your weird uh, meter say, is. For Cobra, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why they have those Fang helicopters. That's why they have those little like landing things there. The special handholds. So like, people yeah. can just ride them all day long. They can't be stopping for every person hanging off a plane. That's true because there are a lot of Joes also... That's how they, they would jump onto the helicopters that pass by yeah. and then kick somebody off it. So Time it is really money, easy. people. Yeah. Can I talk about the friendship? the great dude that Destro is because Cobra Commander gets his Fang helicopter exploded. He's mm -hmm. dropping through the air. Destro could just let him die right there. Instead, he just like rides the Fang over. He's like, just grab on, dick. Let's get out of yeah. here. You're my friend. Pals to the end. That's also, how he rolls. Also, he knows that if he died, it would create a power vacuum. Mm -hmm. Then he could easily take that vacuum in theory. I don't know. There's a lot of the there's Crimson a lot of take it. there's a lot of potential suitors to the throne. I mean, if, if Game of Thrones has taught us anything, <laughs> it, it's 
When once the king is dead, all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Cobra Commander is basically Saddam Hussein in the Middle <laughs> East. He's not great, but at least he keeps everyone else down. Yeah, he suppresses right. all the terrible people around. Right, and you have to you have to be careful because if you do just kill Cobra Commander, he may warg into a cobra dragon or something like that and then still be alive yeah i think destro's playing the long con of (laughs) of you know like the kids who wait until their elderly father is a little confused and then gets him to sign everything over to them like he's waiting it out until at some point he can get cobra commander to sign over the empire to him (laughs) and get it notarized and then he'll let him die. Well, I mean, we already know what happens when you just step up and take command. A, you can do it. Yeah. Because the, co- oh. the the Crimson Twins just did it. But then <laughs> yep. also, it can go away just as easily as soon as something one thing goes wrong. Like, all right, I'm back in command. Now you're like, okay, sorry. I thought I was in command. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, my apologies, Cobra Commander. You know, just making moves. <laughs> it's just business. <laughs> All right, let's get to this Cajun gumbo, because my so, favorite parts of any episode are food and animals. Well, you get both in the last 10 seconds <laughs> yes. of this episode, <laughs> yes. as we find out Dr. Metier loves the gumbo. Sure. It's a Makes French sense. thing, It's a right? French thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cajun gumbo, it is my favorite. A true American delicacy. There we go. <laughs> true. I, I was wondering if, if he's actually a bad cook, or if they just don't like to try new things. I mean, I feel like gumbo's pretty simple. It's just a bunch of fucking rice and sausage. And sometimes seafood. Yeah, but still, that's not... And and, and flavorings, I, I, spices that that most Americans are not used to. Maybe it's just too spicy. This was back in the day when Cajun was all the rage because it was super spicy and like American stomachs weren't ready for it. Nowadays, you just... Uh, put sriracha over your hot dog like freaking ketchup. <laughs> I, I'll also say for all the dumb white kids who were growing up with this television show, I may be one of them. Mm. Uh, we didn't know what gumbo was back yeah. then. I had no mm. idea what it was and it sounded like something foreign and sort of just like exotic to me when I was a kid. And so yeah. when, she, when he says, I'm going to make gumbo and Lady J's like, ew, your gumbo's gross. At home, I'm just like, ew, gumbo must be gross. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would not have known what it was see? until I was an adult probably. Hmm. Maybe she, Lady J is more of a jambalaya fan. I mean, who knows? It's a little too I soupy think, for her. I think they like pizza, subs, and hot dogs. They yeah. are all oh. American. And then and when anyone suggests anything else, it's all ew. <laughs> that could be the best gumbo in the world, and they still wouldn't want it. I'll also say right now, and this will lead us into next episode, but burgers and fries. G.I. <laughs> Joe loves burgers and fries. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I you'll see, we'll you'll see what we mean next episode, everybody. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts on the, what we've seen today? Uh, it definitely did not pass the Bechdel test. God dang it. <laughs> Bechdel test fail. Even if the eagle was a lady, which I don't think it was because all uh, animals are boys. All right. Um, Bechdel test fail. Uh, we, did, we also did notice it was kind of weird. The animation style yeah. was really strange this episode. I feel like something off. Oh, was it different? It was very different. There were a lot of uh, very anime-like faces. Of people like, what? Oh, I am not observant. Every other shot of Zartan <laughs> was him just like animeing up, and all of a sudden he'd have just sweat all over his face, and his eyes would be like half the size oh, of his yeah. head. Oh, yeah, okay, I and do then remember that. There was also the very last shot where was the fucking so bird weird? flies that, up that in the camera. That was very like, weird. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and was, then he was trying set. to get away from the gumbo. He was trying <laughs> to get away from the gumbo. It's like the bird's like, I know you're there, camera. <laughs> It's freedom's turn to shine. <laughs> and then he just holds the pose and like moves back and forth for like five seconds. He, we have established in previous episodes that there is maybe a camera person. Oh, sure. At all times. 
So this time he was clearly uh, parachuting in from somewhere and the bird wasn't having it. You don't think it was no just a pictures. crane shot? No pictures. <laughs> you think it was a legitimate person in a parachute? Yeah, or, or you know, a, what's the, what are those, a hang glider? <laughs> it was the falcon glider. <laughs> Makes as much sense as anything else in, these, in this world. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with a paparazzi on a falcon glider. <laughs> And freedom shuts it down. <laughs> shuts that shit down yeah. right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the animation is just really... If you go back and like a lot of the freeze frames, especially like mostly involving Zartan that I remember, <laughs> there's one part where Lady J trips him with her spear. Yeah. He falls and there's like one frame where he's like his eyes are up and his eyes are like... <laughs> it's just so bizarre. They were trying a different thing. We'll see if they stick with it. I think probably they just... There is one episode where they were like behind schedule or something like that. And like, let's just send it to this, send it to you Korea. Know, this animation <laughs> facility or whatever. And then just whatever they got back, like, fine, whatever, just put it up. We're fine. Let's just go. And this is like episode one of the, I mean, if we count Pyramid of Darkness as first five, this is the first standalone episode that they put out of That's the series. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, uh, so it may, it may have been like a test episode, actually. I think it was a test. Well, you know what? It passed the test. It would be just like episode four of our show. Just like not the Bechdel <laughs> test. Like it, it failed the Bechdel test. <laughs> Six episodes in, still failing. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I think we've, we've said everything we're going to say about Countdown to Zartan right here. You want to stick around to hear Know Your Joe coming up uh, next week. And we're going to be talking. We're going to talk about Zartan. We're mm-hmm. going to find out what's up with that. And we're going to find out more about Storm Shadows Ninja Clan. I'm going to promise all that. And if you guys have any listener questions out there, you can always check us out on knowingishalfthepodcast.com or facebook.com slash knowingishalfthepodcast or brand new at G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter. Huzzah. Yeah, I did it, everybody. And thank you guys so much for listening on iTunes as well as the Stitcher Radios. Um, Chan, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, Sciencetricks.com. That's a pretty great podcast. Check that out. You really should. What's your Twitter, Chan? Uh, 999 RPMs. How about you, Gina? I'm at Gina Ippy. Well, that's fantastic. I'm at Almighty Ray, and you should also check out the Raisin Brent Sports Show because that's a thing we do. Well, we don't do it. I do it. You do it. What a jerk I am. We don't care. Sounds like Raisin Bran. That's the, that's the joke. I don't get it. Do you realize that knowing is half the podcast is based on the uh, G.I. Joe? I know. Catchphrase, wh- knowing is half the What's G.I. Joe? <sighs> Honestly, you could probably have made it through six episodes. <laughs> not been clear what the concept is of this podcast. So Good night, everybody. <laughs>